0: September the 6th, 2020, and this is Brother Joseph, amen, and coming at you live here from Facebook Live, amen, and uh, as I said, my name is Brother Joseph, amen, I don't use titles uh, on my name as a Pastor Joseph, or a Bishop Joseph, or a Teacher Joseph, or a Master Joseph, or whatever, and simply because the Word of God teaches us this, that in Job chapter, well, I guess I'm going to, Job chapter 32, is it 32? 32? Last two verses. <coughs> this is the message translation. It says, I'm gonna say it straight, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I was never any good at bootlicking. My maker would have would make short work of me if I started it now. And in the King James it's pretty clear. Alright. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person, neither let me accept flattering titles. <coughs> unto man neither let me give flattering titles unto man for I know not to give flattering titles and so doing my maker would soon take me away amen so I don't I don't use titles I don't I don't need that to make myself feel superior or significant amen my significance comes from the father amen and uh and and as well you as the body of Christ your significance should come from your father amen your heavenly father just as in the natural, when we were born, right, as sons and daughters, and we had our fathers and mothers, and both of mine are passed away. But I knew how important it was for me as a young man. I loved my dad, even though he wasn't the best father in the world, by the world standards. Uh, I, still, I still, in the end, loved him, because the word of God teaches us to honor, for us to honor our father and our mother, right? Order of first things, father and then the mother. Wow. Anyway, and so I know the significance of that and and, and and I believe I have my significance for my Father. Amen. I know I'm of value. I know I'm important to the Father. Amen. And I'm a part of His kingdom. Amen. And I preach the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's what that's what He's commanded us to all do. And We're going to get into that here in a minute uh, after I pray and we're going to talk about some things here that the Lord has revealed to me and then we're going to get into our outline talking about Rehobo part 2. So Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you, Lord God. I thank you for this precious opportunity to be here with my brothers and sisters, Lord God, declaring to them the kingdom of God, the word of truth, amen, the spirit of truth, by the spirit of truth, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for those that have ears to hear, Lord God, they're going to hear. And if they have eyes to see, they're going to see, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord God, this precious revelation of the kingdom of God, amen, and acknowledging who the Lord Jesus Christ is in our lives, as Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, glory to God. And, and that's my desire, amen, is to is to proclaim the kingdom of God with evidence, amen. And, and I thank you, Father God, for the hearts and the lives that are being turned unto you, Lord God. Not for my glory, Father God, not for the glory of what I do, Father God, but for the glory of the Father, amen. For the glory of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, for those that have ears to hear it right now and those that will hear in the future, Father. I bless you for this precious time. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Amen. It guides us and leads us into all truth, Lord God. And I thank you right now, Holy Ghost, that you lead and you guide. Amen. And I bless you. I bless you for this, Father, and I give you praise, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, I'm not interested in titles, and I don't need any kind of significance from mankind. I need, like I said, my significance comes from the Father. Now, um, let's see here. I wanted to Share on something here. This morning, uh, not this morning, but Saturday morning I woke up and, uh, in the middle of the night, you know, sometime in the evening, I mean at night past, I mean, it was the next, it was September the 5th and I woke up and, uh, and I was thinking about a statement and I woke up, you know, to go to the bathroom and stuff and, um, and I thought about this statement right away, man. As soon as I woke up, I mean, I just rolled out of bed and it came out of my mouth, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then I started meditating on that and I said, well, why repent? I mean, why why is that necessary, right? What's the deal with repent, right? Well, we know there's, you've been following the teachings, you know, there's two words that we know of for repentance in the New Testament. One of them is metanoia, which means godly sorrow. And then the other one is metamelomiae, which is, You're sorry because you got caught, right? In other words, your children, they get caught in the act doing something they shouldn't be doing, right? And then that's when they start apologizing and knowing that they're going to fear a consequence there. And uh, I'm sorry, Papa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? But Jesus, I mean, John the Baptist came talking about repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so, like I said, I thought about why why do we repent, right? Well, what's the deal? Amen. And then I started, you know, like I said, I thought about the process of the growing up in the kingdom of God and how does this, how, do, how does this come into our lives so that we may come into the kingdom of God? Right. Well, the, we know that John the Baptist came preaching and saying, "Right, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Matthew three one and two. In those days, John the Baptist came. John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying. Lego, which is the word Lego here, which is to lay forth, that is a set course. Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then verse 3, it says, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying Lego, that is, uh, I lay unto your discourse the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, right? Make his path straight. So, you know, when you prepare something, like, for example, you prepare your home, right? You're going to invite someone to dinner, you're inviting someone over, well, your home has to be in order, right, or, you know, and and that's what we do, right? We prepare, even as we prepare our homes to receive, well, you have to prepare your heart to receive from the Lord, right? You can't be all full of arrogance, full of pride, right? You can't uh, have a hard heart, I mean, just as the ground has to be cultivated in order to receive the seed, John the Baptist was teaching us here, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, Right? Once again, when you plant seed, if you're planting a, in a in a in a big field, you plant rows, right? I mean you you, you create rows, you make straight rows, right? And in those rows you're planting the seeds. Well, again, make his path straight. Man. In other words, get your heart right before the Lord. Amen. Now when you look at that in the message translation, Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. Matthew 3, 3, he says. Um, John and his message were authorized by Isaiah's prophecy. Thunder in the desert, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. Amen. And when you look at that in the Amplified, Lord of God, this is he who was mentioned by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, shouting in the desert. Prepare the road for the Lord. Make his highways straight and level and direct. Okay? Now, The word prepare, right, it means to make ready, to prepare, to make the necessary preparations, get everything ready, right? So now, we have to understand here something about the voice of the one crying in the wilderness and then the voice of Jesus Christ, right? Two distinct voices. By the way, John was a transitional voice. We transitioned from the voice of John, the Baptist, the prophet, the voice of the father. Now we went into the voice of the son through Jesus, right? Now... There was something that was before the resurrection and after the resurrection. Before the resurrection, the scripture says that, and verse 6, Matthew 3, 6, and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. right? So we take that in many circles and we we preach that, right? We preach that when an individual repents, he's got to confess his sin. But what we need to see here is that, first of all, John was before Jesus. He was the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, right? His voice was to the nation of Israel, right? The voice of the Father, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, were print, get your heart ready for the Lord, right? And he was they were confessing their sins, right? The word confessing here, exomologia, which means to acknowledge. In other words, they acknowledged that their lives were out of order, with the order that they had been given to them by the Lord, the holy law, right? The fire law. Amen? So their lives were all full of corruption, right? Their lives were full of what the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes of those times and the doctors and lawyers had been given to them, right? Now, so there's something that happened before the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then now after the resurrection, this is how the word of God is written in Matthew, I mean Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, homologia again, which means to acknowledge with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right? And the word uh, confess here is is the word to assent that is covenant acknowledge. Acknowledge the covenant. Acknowledge what is just taking place here through the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, we ascend to the finished work in Jesus Christ. Amen. We acknowledge the covenant that has been cut. So, in other words, when you acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, you come into covenant. You come into the cutting phase of your life now. Now I'm going to begin to drop the seed of the kingdom of God in your heart. Right? So that, that's what that's what the purpose of that is. So that we can grow up into a fully mature son or daughter of God. Amen. A tree that everybody can come to and lodge and get rest and find shade. Amen. We acknowledge and we accept and agree with the work that has been accomplished in Jesus Christ. And acknowledge him as the Lord of our lives. In other words, your word now dictates my life. If your word says it, that's what I adhere to. That's what I believe in. So we are in agreement. We are in covenant with with, with our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have a gateway or an entrance into the Father. Now heaven is open glory to God. Now the angels of God are sending and descending because of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. And so what, what we come into is that we realize that we're forgiven, right? Not confessing your sins, but acknowledging confessing the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord, right? That we're healed, that we're set free. I am under the dominion of Jesus Christ now and no longer under the dominion of Satan. I have been translated or tr- into the kingdom of his dear son. That's Colossians 13. So something happened before and something happened after. So before Jesus Christ died on the cross and resurrected, the people were confessing their sins. Right? They were repenting. But after Jesus Christ, now we confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. We shall be saved. Not saved one time, right? Because there's a con- continual deliverance that's happening in our lives. God is forever for 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 our lifetime cleaning us up. Amen? And getting us sanctified and ready and set apart and fit for the master's use. He's getting us ready to use us, glory to God, and to proclaim the kingdom. Now, and so we must repent and throw out everything we thought or think we know or knew about the kingdom of God and about the way of God and about Christianity and so on and so on. Because let me tell you, there's many voices out there, right, that are declaring. And some of them are declaring in the name of the Lord Jesus. Others are just declaring their own voice you know buddha right hindus have uh, i don't know what they have but but you, you hear what i'm saying there's a lot of voices out there and they're not the kingdom of god even those that know about the lord jesus christ and are getting born again and those are getting baptized in the holy ghost and so on and so on the voice right is still not the voice of the kingdom of god right what voice are you proclaiming you see your message is full of mixtures and overtones. You see, you got some of the world, you got some of Babylon, you got some of the kingdom of God. It's all mixed seeds still. Why? Because you haven't been emptied out. And you haven't gone from vessel to vessel, you see. And the voice of the Lord is, is that we got to empty out our hearts of what we thought and what we think we know, no matter how old and how long we've been in Jesus Christ and how long we've known about the word of God, etc., cetera. Et cetera. No matter how long we've known about all this, we still have to repent. Amen? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, in all this time, the voice that's been teaching us is the voice of mixture, right? The voice of idolatry. You know, verse Corinthians 12, 2, that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. See, Paul, in that particular instance, was telling them that everything you think you know about spirituals and about... What you think about the kingdom of God and so on, I need you to repent from that. Because everything you've been doing has been from dumb idols. And dumb idols lead to dumb things, right? We have many, many ideas of what we think the kingdom of God is. Where is the kingdom of God, right? What Jesus said is within you. If I can't establish my lordship in your life first, then there's no point of going on in your life. You see with the Lord. He must be first. He's not just the Savior. He saved you to deliver you unto himself. Right? We are the ecclesia, the called out. Called out of the world, called out of Babylon, called unto God. Amen? Now, <clears throat> so you know you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even, even as you were led. Now, so, so the, the other question that came up with to me in that morning when I woke up on Saturday, I said, so well, what is the purpose of the process? Why process us this way? Right? Why are we needing to go this way? Why is everything line upon line a precept upon a precept, right? In Isaiah 28, 9 through 13, we're going to read that. But as a babe in Jesus Christ, you are primarily concerned about yourself. You get born again and all you think it's about you. That's all you know right now. But see, because there are no fathers out there, where are the fathers? As Paul told the Corinthians, well, that's first, first Corinthians 4, 6, right? Let me see that one. Oh, no, that's not it. Um, um, praise God. Let's see here. Let me find this. Verse 13. Yeah. Starting with verse 14. Paul said this. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved tectons, I warn you. See, these guys had some maturity in their lives, but they were still being swayed, man. They were still involved in division. They kept separating themselves onto what they thought was the right thing instead of separating themselves onto Jesus Christ, right? And that instead of coming under the unity and the bond of faith in Jesus Christ, they would rather come under their own covering. And every man that prays and prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. See, if you've got another other covering, another covering, another other covering, wow. If you have another covenant in your life, then, then you're a in your head. You see, because you're, you're following that creed, you're following that religious system, right? And therefore, you're not under direct report to Jesus Christ in your life. So somebody else is your Lord, in other words. In verse 15, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. Through the Lord, through the gospel. And the word begotten here is the one a man of a man who fathered children. See, now, so so Paul was their spiritual father. Not in the sense that he needed to be known that he was a spiritual father. He was doing the work of the father. For the work of the father is to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Amen? That's what a father does. He loves his children. He wants his children to grow up and be strong and be mature. Amen? He doesn't want his children to be disobedient, rebellious, and lawless, and full of iniquity, which means without... Boundaries without authority, without correction in their lives, right? For what son is he when the father doesn't correct? Right? Are you bastards and not sons? You see. I talked to an individual recently, and uh I'm not going to give any names, just just to say that. Well, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to leave that alone right now because it's a. Uh, I'm, wor- I'm 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 working with the brother, and, and uh right now his. His domestics are a little whack, amen. You know, according to the word. So we have ten thousand instructors, right? So So before we move on into the Lord, obviously He wants us growing up. But as a babe, all you think about is yourself. Alright? You're still not understanding that you've got to be emptied out constantly of your own desires, your own vision, your own dreams. And if the Lord keeps filling you up with those desires, dreams, and visions that He's been filling you up with up to that point that you're at, then fine. But you got to know that you got to come to a place where you realize Jesus Christ might say, "Okay, Joseph, it's enough." Amen. I don't want you teaching on, 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 on the videos. I don't want you doing Facebook. I don't want you doing any of that anymore. And what am I going to say? Well, you see, I've, I've got to know and understand that. Okay, Father, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready for the next course. If you don't, if you want to set me up on the shelf, that's fine. Amen. In other words. If you can't come to the place, as the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not Robert to be to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. You see, if you if you can't come to that where you're constantly being emptied out, then God's th- then your life is still full of mixtures and overtones. So as a babe in Jesus Christ, like I said, you're primarily concerned about yourself, but as you begin to get weaned as a little child, now the process of hearing and receiving the kingdom of God begins You begins, and you start to move past being a babe in Christ. Now you're growing up. You see, now you're walking in the kingdom. Amen. So in Isaiah 28, 9, of whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. You see, you've got to come off that breast finally, you see. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about them now. Amen. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered, served, right? came to serve and minister to others. Amen. You see, for precept must be upon precept, line upon line, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. And that passage right there in Isaiah 28-11 is very enlightening because he's saying that I'm going to teach my people with I'm gonna teach my people my ways, and it's not gonna come through the form of the fashion that you've already known. Wow. So he says here, for with stammering lips, stammering means a foreigner's lips, and another tongue, uh, somebody that was behind you, in other words, in order, because the Israel it was given to the Israelites first, right? Tongue will he speak to his people. And then he says, verse 12, to whom he said, This is the rest. Well, what you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Even so is it today that they won't hear the kingdom of God because they're refreshed and they're re- resting in what they already have. They don't need. To need they don't want to come out, obviously, of this comfort lifestyle that you're already in. You already set up as appointment, if you will, a shepherd, if you will. You've already got the pastor's parking space. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You've already got. The sheep adoring you, which they're not your sheep, they're his sheep, God's sheep. So this is the where this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing that they would not hear. The refreshing of the Lord now, not the refreshing of Babylon of the world. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. In other words, a small portion of prescribed law another portion of prescription, another portion prescribed to you, because we can't handle the full measure of God in our lives, right? Romans 8, 2 talks about, for the law, the prescribed of the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You've got to take it in small portions, right? And that's what he does, line upon line, precept upon precept, you see? But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and there little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Now, what does that mean? Verse 13 there. Hmm. Isaiah 20:13. I'm going to read that in another translation. But the master God has something to say to this. Watch closely. I'm laying a foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation. Is that right? Yeah. squared and true. This is the meaning of the stone. A trusting life won't. A trusting life will topple. Is that what I'm reading? Isaiah 28, 13. Yep. Now, let me read that one in the amplified. Therefore, the Lord, the word of the Lord will be to them merely monotonous repeatings of principle on precept. See, in other words, those that aren't hearing the voice right it's it's monotonous to them right They don't want to hear it properly right they don't want to repent and turn their lives rule upon rule rule upon rule here little there little that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snare and taken because see now that you're in, that you're that you're at the end of yourself right because you're in unbelief epistia repentance epithia, I'm sorry you're obstinate now against the kingdom of God. And in other words, he's got to take you to your end, amen, because you won't come to him any other way, right? So we must come as little children and be humble humble or humiliate ourselves. Look at this passage in Matthew 18, 1 through 6. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him set him in the midst of them, And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. You see, you can't come in, in into the kingdom of God and start with a place full of knowledge and full of beliefs that you already have. You've got to come as a little child, right? And convert it and be converted. Be turned, in other words. And who shall receive one such little child in my name receives me, right? Because I'm the father, amen? You receive the little child and you raise them and train them up and mature them in the kingdom of God. That's the heart of the father. To get him ready and fit, or her ready and fit, right? And, and, so, there's plenty of work to do in the kingdom of God, you see. There's women that should be teaching the women, obviously, because they know about themselves, and men that teach the men in certain matters. And then there's messages that need to go to both sides at the same time, both teachings, if you will, understandings. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believes in me, it were better for him that a milestone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. So this is important that you repent and turn from all iniquity, right? As a little child that that hasn't been exposed to all the elements of the world, hasn't been exposed to manipulation and lying and stealing and rebellion and trying to make it his own way. You know, I had an individual tell me that it's okay to lie. Sometimes you have to lie. What? Oh, my God. And, 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 of course, as Brother Jeff has been sharing recently, is that what else can you expect from that seed? See, thy seed and her seed. Thy seed, the enemy's seed. What else can you expect about people that aren't born again? Well, of course they're going to lie. Of course they're going to steal. Of course they're going to be lawless and full of iniquity, which means without law, Because that's what they are. They haven't been born again. Renewed in the spirit. Because after you're born again, when you're born again or after, you start producing the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance, you see? Because that seed can only speak of itself. And that seed is in you, glory to God. And his name is Jesus Christ, the monogene, the only begotten of his kind. Now we're divine nature. Before, we're corrupted nature. You see, self-nature, sin nature. But now we're divine nature, glory to God. We live after this divine nature in our spirits. Or after our spirits. Now, so it's important that you repent and turn from all iniquity, right? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, he says, thou hast loved, Righteousness and hated iniquity Therefore God even thy God Hath anointed thee with the oil Of gladness above thy fellows Praise God And now this word I want to focus on here Is iniquity And iniquity is the word in in the Greek Anomia Or we get another word from that anonymous right? Because we don't want to be held accountable So therefore we submit anonymously We don't want to be questioned about it But The word means the condition of without law, because you ignore it, because you violate it. You're in contempt and violation of law, iniquity and wickedness. And the Strongest it says illegality, that is a violation of law or generally wickedness, right? Now, in Matthew twenty-four six, all right, I'm going to read this passage all the way to verse fourteen. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Is that happening today? Has it been happening for quite a few years? And he said all these are the beginning of sorrows. Now that word sorrow, Matthew 24, 8. Look at that definition real quick. The word sorrows here is the word Odin, which is the pain of childbirth, the travail, a pang of throe, especially with childbirth. So these are the beginning of childbirth, Jesus said. Now, how does that make sense? Well, in other words, now you're coming to an end of yourself. Now you're realizing that this tree of the knowledge of good and evil that you've been after was the wrong way to go. Now you repent and turn to the Lord. Only when you come to an end of yourself. And they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. In another passage, Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Body of Christ, sons of God, daughters of God. And many shall be offended, scandalizo, which means to scandalize, to entrap, that is to trip up. Scandalize is to slander, is to talk about something that you're offended about to others. And now they're offended. Right? And this, and they shall betray one another and they shall hate one another. My goodness. This is the time that we're in right now. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Why does their falseness arise? Why does the false arise? To take advantage of. You see, now there's an opportunity for all this falsehood to come up. And it's been coming up for hundreds of years. I mean, years, right? There's always been another message being preached other than the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Always. Right? And so, but the point is, is that they're rising up and in strength now. And they shall deceive many. And because iniquity, again, anomia, the condition of without law shall abound. And the love of many shall wax cold. Right? But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And and this gospel of the kingdom preached, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. You see, the witness to all nations is that now those that are dead to themselves but alive unto God, right? And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. Those, right, are the ones that are proclaiming this gospel of the kingdom with evidence, right? And again, <clears throat> when you scandalize, you'll trap up, all right? And and this is what's happening the love of many shall wax cold, and the many shall be offended. And they're gonna be without law, without any kind of governing. And so what is you know the heart of the spirit of rebellion pushing for now in the nation and in the world? We don't want law, we don't want rules, we don't want boundaries, we don't want anybody telling us that what we're doing is out of order or wrong. We don't want to hear all that, man. And as Jesus said, you shall be hated because of the ones that are saying it." Now, Matthew 4, 13. This is a beautiful one. He moved from his hometown Nazareth, all right, to the lakeside village Capernaum, nestled at the base of Zebulun and Naphtali Hills. This move completed Isaiah's prophecy, sermon. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali rode to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, Galilee crossroads for the nations people sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light, glory to God, sitting in that dark, dark country of death they watched the sun come up, glory to God this Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching, glory to God the moment Jesus opened his mouth and started proclaiming with evidence the kingdom of God, listen to this he picked up where John left off change your life. God's kingdom is here. Glory to God. Listen to that, man. God's kingdom is here now. Glory to God. It's inside of you and it's inside of me. And as you grow up in the kingdom of God and repent from yourself and repent from your ways and repent for all this foolish knowledge that you've been trained up through idolatry, when you turn from all that and grow up in the kingdom of God and stop sucking on bottles, baby Babylon, You see what I'm saying? Get up out of all that mess and start coming into the kingdom of God. Amen. As he says, change your life. God's kingdom is here. Now listen to this. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. I'm going to go to that one, and I want to read just a couple of verses above that in the message. Because this passage about the people setting out their lives, in the dark saw a huge light comes from Isaiah chapter 9, if you start reading it from the beginning. But in in in, in uh, it, it leads up into this scripture in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. It says, the abuse of oppressors, the cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and cudgels and curses is gone and done away with a deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all those invading troops, along with their skirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled up in a heap and burned a fire, a fire that will burn for days. For unto us a child is born, glory to God, for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be his names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, eternal Father, Prince of Holiness. His ruling authority will grow in us and there will be no limits to the wholeness of the peace that it brings of the increasing of his government peace that's what it says in the King James he'll rule from the historic David David throne over that promised kingdom he'll put the, the that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealings and right living beginning now and lasting always the zeal of the God of the angel armies will do this you see amen and, and that's again, repent for the kingdom of heaven as a hand. Repent. And again, the purpose is to get you to grow up. Amen. And now because you're under the government of Jesus Christ, you bring that peace by bringing and taking over the realm of the spirit in the demonic realm, the dominion that's out of order. And that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're fighting with. We're not fighting with flesh flesh and blood. You see? And thank God for those that are growing up in the kingdom of God and wanting to do it God's way, Glory to God. Now, And again, bringing us into that place, all right? So we're going to get into the outline now. Now we're going to cover the gift. So we cover the man, which is spirit, soul, and body. you You must be born again, right? And you must get your life cleaned up unto the Lord. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost, the power. Amen? Because that's what you receive. You receive tongues. You receive power. Glory to God. Now, the gift. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, I read it just now, is that you can have government before gifts. You must rule your soul. Now, incidentally, you don't rule, you don't ordain a gift, you ordain government. So we have it all over in our societies everywhere, in the Babylonian system, the pastor as the primary. Well, maybe he is the primary, but the role of what he's functioning in is as an elder in government, and he happens to have the shepherd gift. Or he happens to be a prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, etc. Right? And then he has, like I said, elders around his life. to keep him in check and keep him in balance. Even in the kingdom of God and the throne on earth as it is in heaven, even as it is in heaven, you've got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Ghost. Trinity, three, working and operating this kingdom of God in all their specific functions and what they do. So that order doesn't change. The order should be in our lives. Right? There's a governing structure here in my home. There's a governing structure in my own life personally, through my spirit. And there should be that same governing structure in the body of Christ. Again. Okay? But again, I'm gonna move past that now. So you you can't give peace if you're not under governments. Now John fourteen twenty seven. Praise God. Take a look at that. Mm. Praise God. So John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, you can't give peace if you don't have peace. If you're not under government, you can't give peace. How can an establishing government come into a land that has chaos and confusion in their lives? How are they going to bring that peace Wherever they go. See what I'm saying? You can't bring peace if you don't have peace. If you're not under the government of Jesus Christ, the rule of God, in your heart and in your life, then you can't get peace. Now, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So the peace of God that passes all understanding. When you have peace, glory to God, of the government of God in your life, your 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 life is full of 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 fruit of the, after the Spirit, Amen. You're not moved by what you see or feel; you move according to the Word of God, and you're being led of the Spirit of God. If he doesn't if he doesn't have a work for you to do, that's fine. If he's got something for you to do, that's fine. You're under the government of God. You see now. So in John sixteen thirty three just going over some scriptures here, and I'm not going to cover them all. There's a whole... I laid them out there because I want you to understand the principle of peace, amen? <laughs> These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In me you have peace. That's what Jesus said. In the world, in the cosmos, you shall have tribulation. You're going to have tight, troubled situations. But be of good cheer, have overcome the cosmos. I've already decayed And if I've nicknamed or overcome the cosmos... Greek word Nikai there's overcome Nike. If I've decayed the the Cosmos, and guess what? Soak in you in me, because my government is in your life. Praise God. Matthew 10:13. Look, look at this example here. And uh in, in this example, he tells them, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it but if it be not worthy let your peace return to you you see if they're coming under authority amen. I if they're obeying the word of god right and coming under that rule then let the peace stay but if they're not going to come under authority and they're not going to listen to the ways of god and understand and turn their lives as jesus says repent how do you say it love that boy that's over there in the message translation he says he picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. You see? Man. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. So if that if that's not gonna happen, then you leave and you take the peace with you. They don't want the government of God. They can't have the peace of God. That's how it rolls. Now listen to this one. Verse 34. But whosoever shall deny me. Right? Before men, him will also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace upon the earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. And what does a sword do? It divides, it distinguishes. If you're not going to be of me, then that's fine. You can stay in your iniquity and stay in your lawlessness, lawlessness, stay in your rebellion, stay in your perversion. Right? That's fine. I gotta move on and keep preaching this kingdom of God. See? Now so there's a whole bunch of scriptures right there. And I encourage you to go down and go through those. And that's a, set, a second bullet point under the gift of, of uh, government for gifts. Now, we're going to get into now the charisma, right? The gift of a man. So that gift has to be governed. You can't just all willy-nilly and just do it just because you have the grace of God on your life. It's got to be governed. Somebody's got to direct you by the Spirit, and that's the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ. Romans 11, 8, 12, 11, 29, all right? And this is a, a famous, you know, well-known scripture, Romans eleven twenty nine, And the base, base of this is, for the gifts, the charismas, and calling of God are without repentance. In other words, God's not going to go back on on what he's, what he's, uh, he's not re- going to regret what he's given you, you know? And so, but the problem is that you can exploit this in your life because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's not going to take it away from you. He's already given it to you, body of Christ. And by the way, there's nine different Greek words for the word gift in the New Testament. In this case, he's talking about charisma. All right? Which means gracious, joy, endowments. A charisma is to grant an endowment, a spiritual ability or qualification. And it's used many times in the New Testament. It makes room and brings You before great men. Look at this in Proverbs 18:16. Amen. Rehaboth is what we're talking about here. Room. Right? A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Alright? He's gonna bring him to a great, a large and a wide place, amen. A place where he can relax, amen. Because there's room to grow. Now, in In uh, Proverbs 17.8, it says, The gift, the precious stone, where it turns, it prospers. A gift, okay, let me just read it here. 17.8. A gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him who has it. Whithersoever it turns, it prospers. Glory to God. And the prospering here is prudence, being circumspect, amen, wise. In other words, circumspect is your flesh is cut away. Amen? Wise understanding, proper insight, and intelligence. Amen? Now listen to this one. Proverbs 25, 15. If you're trying to function in something that you haven't getting, been graced for, then listen to this. Proverbs 25, 15. Belong for bearing is a prince persuaded. Wait a minute. That's not right. Proverbs twenty-five fifteen. There's a typo there. 14. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like a is like clouds and wind without rain. Wow. So if you're trying to move with something that's not in your metro, in your boundary, or your space, you're out of order, man. See, it's important to understand your giftings and your callings, and your elections and your elections, and your anointings in your life. Amen. But if you're trying to operate in something that's not given to you by the Lord or by the Spirit of God, then it's pointless. I know some brothers, for example, they're great uh, minstrels. They don't have a good voice to sing, right? But they're great at, at, at being a minstrel and directing, right? And that and that's fine. Or someone that's trying to be a, a appointment a shepherd and he's actually an evangelist. You see what I'm saying? Or someone that's a that's a prophet and he's trying to be a appointment or a shepherd. You see what I'm saying? You you got to know where your strengths are, or else you're gonna be like a cloud and winds without rain. Now James one seventeen, he says every good gift right? And there's two by the way I talked about nine different Greek words for the word gift but in this particular passage there's two verse, two times that this two different words are used for gift here. This is James one seventeen. every good gift. The word gift here is the word dosis okay which means a giving every good gift The doses. The gift represents the nature of the person who gave it. Is from above. So, in other words, the Father that gave the gift from above, right? And we understand His nature. There's no. He's not giving grudgingly. He's not giving unwillingly. But He's willing to give. Amen. Distribute, etc., etc. So every good doses and every perfect gift. Now this word gives. Second, second word here. Um. Oh man, hold on. So the every good gift and every perfect gift, all right? The Dorema is the perfect gift, a bestowment of one who grants to another. The one who granted and bestowed is the Father from above, or from ascension, and he granted it down to you. He descended. In other words, it's the one where it's coming from. Who gave it? In other words, is from above and cometh down from the Father of Lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow turning. All right. So every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Right. It's 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 where it came from, and it's the nature of the person to give it. And so it's, it's two different things here. If you're if you're grudging in your giving, you see, then don't even give it, man. Check your heart first. Get your heart right. In other words. So we're talking about what God has given us, right? And, it, and it's from ascension to the heavenly realm and cometh down or descends from the father of light the false, the father of false so in Philippians 4.17 4.15, I'm sorry Philippians 4.15 look at this one real quick now we, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel alright in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but only you. Right? So so the other ones didn't even ask him, Did you, Do you have need of anything, Paul? I know you're doing all this work in the Lord. Is there something we can do for you? Can we send you a couple of hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever? Fifty, tens, one dollar? Here's a dollar. Can we do something for you, Paul? It says, Nobody has communicated with them concerning the giving and receiving, but you only. Even in Thessalonica, Thessalonica You sent once and again Unto my necessity Twice man Not because I desire a gift But I desire fruit that may abound to your account See as you're the ones that are sowing The seed You're the one that's going to reap the benefit of it Nobody has communicated with me He said But only you That's precious Amen And it teaches us something here that we need to be not giving grudgingly even as our Father. Every good gift and every perfect gift, you see. All right? So, again, it's about giving willingly right here and it's the same thing with who you are and your graces and your gifts and your talents and your abilities. You give without grudging. You see, you don't give uh, out of your necessity. In other words, if you're tapped if you haven't been spending time with God and you're still trying to minister that gift, you're a cloud without rain at that point, man. It's not refreshing. But glory to God, if you've been spending time with God, you've been allowing the Holy Ghost to teach and you've been meditating and praying and seeking God, amen, and you've been hearing from heaven and you've been going to heaven, you've been coming up and down, ascending and descending, glory to God, that message and that revelation is fresh and true, glory to God. And it's ministering grace to the hearers. As the scripture says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, brother Joseph, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace, glory to God, divine influence to those that are hearing. Praise God. Mm. So the scripture teaches us now in 1 Timothy 4, 14 and 16, 14 through 16, 1 Timothy 4, Neglect not the gift, the charisma that is given you, which was given unto you by the prophecy with the laying on the hands of the presby Presbyter. Meditate on these things, give thyself give thyself wholly to them, that thy my, that profiting may appear unto all. Profiting is a word of progress or advancement. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. Glory to God. So don't neglect it. Don't be careless of it. Protect it protect its value. Don't let your graces be manipulated by your soul and the devil. You know, it's interesting that when when in in, in uh sports, for example, as our children are growing up, my my son has started playing football. He's been training. But I gotta keep a tight, you know, uh, an eye on him, right? Because I don't want the system to manipulate his gift, right, and him unknowingly that that's out there, so I'm saying that to say that the world is always going to seek to manipulate, amen, when they see that someone's gifted and talented and and has this, you know, depth in his brain, you know, in his knowledge, and he can comprehend and understand quickly, and he's 13 years old, he graduated from college, the world wants to manipulate that and use it to its own glory, amen, well, don't do that, and don't allow yourselves, don't allow someone to do that to you. You see, and don't manipulate this thing. So he says, meditate means care for, attend carefully, revolve it in the mind. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Amen. Holy means here, in and by and with. Give it. Give yourself to it. To what you've heard and what you've learned, that thy profiting, that your progress and advancement, driving forward, may appear unto all. Take heed that is retained, detained, pay attention to the doctrine. You will save yourself and those that hear you, glory to God. Amen. So we need to understand here something about, about this is that as as a charisma, you can do charismas any time. You see, I'm always teaching and sharing and preaching and, and I'm always saying what I see now, right? And, and and I have to be careful with that because I'll say something that I see and many times it's perceived as, well, you're just too harsh, Joseph. You're too hard. Well, anyway, take heed to yourselves, amen. Understand that uh, that what you have in you is very precious, amen. And 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 this, this charisma, right? Like I said, use it, spend it, right? Be about what you are and what you do. And later on, we'll get into that more, of what these charismas are in Romans chapter 12, 6 through 9. And I'll just read that briefly to you. Romans 12, 6 through 9. Having then charismas differing according to the grace that is given unto you, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. You do, the, you do these things by faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching... He that exhorteth on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules, proistomi is the word there, gets in front of with diligence. He that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Seven different areas right there that all the body of Christ has this in their lives. Even people in the world that don't know Jesus have these in their lives. And I and I've called them out many times, man. Many times I'm listening to someone in their operation how they're talking, boom. I already know that individual has ruleth. You already know he's got teacheth. I already know he's got prophecy. I already know he's got mercy. I already know he's got giveth. I already know he's got exhortation by the way they're operating. Praise God. So stir up the gift, Amen, that has been given to you. Kindle it up, charisma, and keep it hot. Stir it up, Amen. Amen. I didn't post the scripture down for that one, but that's easy to find. Just do a Google search. And so as you have received the charisma, 1 Peter 4.10, 1 Peter 4.10, as you have received the grace, the charisma, the gift, I'm sorry, even so minister the same one to another as the good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Serve one another with these things, man. Help one another, amen. Serve one another. So you receive the gifts of, you receive the charisma minister and serve it. Amen. Give it up, and as Jesus in in, in uh, Ephesians four eight, right? And I've shared this many times. Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, high he gave domus gifts unto men, not to women. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. And how do I know that that's not to women? Well, that word men is also the word translated Jesus, the Son of Man. It's also in 1 Corinthians 7, 1, where it says, the thing that you wrote unto me concerning the things you wrote unto me, is it's good that a man, same word here, not touch a woman. That's pretty easy to distinguish, you see? So, again, that's just talking about that. And on the outline, there, there, i put a link in there, and it shows you all these charismas and that whole teaching, amen? If you guys want that, you can follow the link. I'm, I'll post it for you real quick. <coughs> it goes into a lot more detail and we'll be we will be covering this, you know, as, as time progresses, amen. Uh, but I just want to give this to y'all. Hey, man, Sister Keisha talking about, Preach, teach it, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, again, uh, you got to understand these graces and gifts and callings in your lives, amen, and minister these graces and gifts, minister these charismas, and, 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 and understanding what the, all this is about, right? You got operations of the Holy Ghost and what he operates in, you got the got Jesus, what he operates in. There's an order there, and there's an order of the Father. Amen. Each one is all involved in progressing and teaching the people in the body of Christ and moving us on into the kingdom of God and growing us up in the kingdom of God. Now, it's 10 o'clock right now, and uh, I think I can finish this last piece. So, if you'll bear with me, just a li- little bit more here. So, the ministry now. So, you've got the man, you've got the gift, and now you've got the ministry, glory to God. So we need to understand that God makes room or place for you through others' hearts. See, promotion doesn't come from the east, from the west, or from the south. It comes from above. That place that somebody has up there above you, whether it's in a job, whether it's in your uh, where you work at, in the body of Christ, the man's gift is going to make room for him. And that gifting, other men of God will see that, and they'll make room for you. Amen? Save. If you save your own soul, you're going to lose it. Jesus talked about this. Matthew 16, 25, you must acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. He's got to be primary. Don't sell out to anything just because it's a good gift as far as monetarily wise, for example. Or the perks that you're going to get out of it. That's not how we operate, man. You operate and and if God brings it to you, that's fine. But you've got to understand that don't be out there looking for that. Don't let that be your primary thing for For as many as are led of the spirit of God, these are the we else of God, the matured sons of God, daughters of God. And seek not your own. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. I want to read that one. Amen. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's. See, in other words, don't just be about your own. Seek to help others as well. You see, Serve, in other words, give and do what you are as a son of God or daughter of God. Don't sit there and try to manipulate the people to get your pockets fat. And that's where the falseness comes in. You see, the spirit of error versus the spirit of truth. The pseudo-apostles, pseudo-prophets, pseudo-shepherds, pseudo-evangelists, pseudo-teachers only interested in themselves. Philippians 2, 4, Let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Take care of of one another, in other words. Don't be always about yourselves, glory to God. And in Psalm 75, 6 through 7, I just quoted that, but let's go to it, Psalm 75, 6 and 7. He says, For promotion, um, promotion here means to rise up, to elevate, glory to God, ascend, amen, with strength. Comes not, neither from the east, from the west, or from the south. But God is a judge. He puts down one and sets up another. In other words, who's the one that's acknowledging you? Authority is the one acknowledging you, right? In whatever given situation, at your workplace, etc., cetera, and so on and so on, in the body of Christ. It comes from God, in other words. God is the one that puts down one and sets up another, right? So in Galatians 4, 1. See, in other words, as a babe, you're not going to come into your inheritance. But as a son of God that grows up, now you're where Jesus wants you to be, where he is. Now, i say that the heir, as long as he's a child, Galatians 4, 1. Napios is the word. They're differing nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. He's Lord of all. He's going to inherit it all, but he's still not ready to manage it all. I tell my sons time and time again, if you cannot manage your own life, someone else is going to have to manage you, whether it be me, because you're out of order, and doing whatever I need you to do or you're not doing, your schooling, the library, Walmart, even walking out on the road, there's order, man, driving your bicycles and so on. But it's under tutors and governors Governors. Until the appointed time of the Father. Governing. Somebody's governing. Even so, you, when you were children, Napios, were in bondage under the elements of the world. So Napios is always under the elements of the world. I mean, he's always being tossed to and fro. He's still not stable. A babe. But when the fullness of time was come, in other words, through all the hour of preparation, now it's time, God sent forth his own son, Amen. He sent sent him forth, ex apostello, his own son, he dispatched him, his own weas, made of a woman, made under the law, glory to God, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, that you might come into your place of maturity and strength and be set in the Father's house, glory to God. For in my Father's house are many, many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And if I go, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there may you be also in your place of strength, in your place of maturity, in the field of strength that God has brought you into, Lord of God. The emphasis is the current move of God is on developing the character of a man. God needs you to be a solid son or daughter of God. Character must exceed the gift of the ministry. The characteristics of a man that has been dealt with is responsibility, Dependability, reliability, consistency, faithful, committed, dedicated, good morals, and knows the foundational principles and the and the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. That's what the kingdom of God is. Amen. (coughs) And I thank you right now, Father, as your Word declares. Amen. I'm going to read this one more time. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Mark, Matthew 4 17 this Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching glory to God he picked up where John left off change your life the kingdom of God is here glory to God father I thank you for this precious opportunity to bring forth these words of life father God your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh father I pray and I thank you for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see what your spirit is saying to the church, glory to God. And I declare the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for you change your life, for God's kingdom is here, glory to God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.